Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week. Got a number of news items coming up, actually a little bit of an extra long news segment. We've got a Q&A for this week and have a great interview for you coming up. So with no further ado, let's move on to the news. Today's news is brought to you by 503 Uncorked, Sherwood's neighborhood gathering place, featuring local wine, spirits, beer, and eats, with covered outdoor dining, takeout, and weekly live music. Make a reservation or order online at 503uncorked.com. Apply the user-friendly discount code or tell your server to receive a 15% discount. So what's in the news? Adam Savage Workshop. Does that mean that there's a new one? There is a new one coming up. It's going to be held on March 13th at 1 o'clock Pacific. And it's one where he is going to teach how to build faux or fake leather arm guards. So if you want to make armor for a cosplay, this is a good one to do. Uh, The workshop kit, if you want to order one, there's 200 available until they sell out. And you get the EVA foam that's already pre-cut. Wax thread, a sewing needle, brass knuckles for the arm straps, double-sided tape, sandpaper, a wooden barbecue skewer for poking holes in the foam, and one coupon redeemable for a t-shirt at the online store. So this one doesn't include the energy drink, although I Uh think it still would be pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) They also are doing a thing, if you just want to watch, you can do that. So it's $35 for the box, $5 to watch. And they're going to have it online. And I know, Jeremy, this was pretty cool when you did it last time. Yeah, I'll do it again. So, yeah, I think we should. We should definitely talk about it. So uh, that's coming right up. And, you know, one of the things is, is I think there's a pretty good chance that we are going to have the Silicon, formerly Silicon Valley Comic Con this fall. So it'll be kind of fun to get involved in this type of stuff. And I want to see if you bring your, what was it, helmet that you made? Mm-hmm. Cardboard helmet. Cardboard helmet and, and see how it goes. Because this stuff looks pretty good when it's done. Yeah. Over 30,000 Apple Macs have been infected by malware. Yep, so Macintosh is not immune, and this has been something we've talked about for a long time. Uh There seems to be more people targeting Windows. I think a lot of it's because there's more Windows users, but the Mac operating system definitely can be hacked, and in this particular case, they're finding that it has been. This malware, there's kind of some interesting details about it. It seems to only affect or mainly affect the new Mac processor. So the Intel one does seem to be a little bit more rock solid and deflecting this stuff. They also don't know where it came from or what it's going to do, which that's a little bit scary. That is scary. <laughs> so um, we'll have to see where this goes. As far as being able to deal with it, I think it was Malware Bytes that found it. And definitely keep an eye on things. Hopefully they'll patch it. And it's not a bad idea to have an antivirus program even on your Mac. AI Research Paper co-author wasn't yeah so jeremy you actually brought in this article do you want to tell us kind of the quick overview <laughs> uh the guy was uh who is a, a researcher came across a couple of new ai research papers and he was listed as the co-author but he didn't do it yeah he didn't have anything to do with any part of it and the person involved is david cox now people that work within the field would probably know who this is He directs or co-directs the Artificial Intelligence Lab at Cambridge, Massachusetts. And again, like what you said, is he was looking up some information. 
and found a paper with his name on it and thought, okay, well, you know, maybe somebody else has a similar name. His last name isn't that terribly uncommon. And then he opened the paper up to find a picture of himself on it. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine his surprise. He was wondering, was I sleepwalking the other night and I was just magically typing up papers? Yeah, you know, (laughs) they say that there are some side effects of popular sleeping pills that will cause you to do things and not remember them. Uh I I don't know if writing a research paper is one of them. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) But it is interesting. They think that this was done to add his name to something else that was being written, but he had no part of it. So whether the paper was good, bad, or indifferent, he didn't write it. So that would have definitely been a surprise to me. You know, I've run into stuff like this personally in a little bit different direction. I had a university publish some work that I had done once and say that it was theirs. You know, so these type of things happen, although this is definitely a unique twist on it. Fry's Electronics is out of business. Yeah, and this is not shocking, but in my opinion, it's a bummer. So Fry's Electronics is a big box or was now a big box retail electronics store, similar to something like Best Buy. The difference being is that they sold components and in their heyday, you could go down and if you were prototyping something or just needed parts. Down they had to, all kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. That was a fun place just to walk around and look at. Yeah, yeah. They had music. They had they had videos. They had toys. Yeah. Some of the toys were unique and interesting. They had books, lots of different kinds of books on programming uh, languages mm-hmm. uh, or just software. If you had a software that you needed to learn more about or become better at. Yeah, they had a lot of stuff. So I I find this really sad as I watched their demise over the last, what is it, about five years? Yeah, about five years is is when you've started walking in and seeing empty shelves or dust all over everything that's there. They weren't resetting, at least it didn't look like it. And Jeremy, I know you went and were trying to get a part that they should have carried, which I think was filament for your printer or something. And well, there was the filament for my printer, and there was parts for the printer, and and they just didn't have stuff. I mean, it's like they didn't even have um, Raspberry Pi boards. They didn't have anything. Yeah, it was and weird. It's just, and one of the things I noticed is that they weren't carrying smart home components, and when they did, it would be an off-brand usually. So you could kind of see things were going. So the store has been around for about 30 years. It was founded by the same people that run the Fry's Grocery Store that's in some cities. But they separated and they were did become two different companies. And at the end of the day, the Fry's Electronics quit selling food. They actually did in the beginning have both and then kind of downsized that you could still get a soda pop or something like that. But uh, it went on to be kind of the leader in electronics stores. And it was a fun place to be for a very long time. This was just announced last Wednesday. It came very suddenly. They shut down the website. There's kind of a goodbye to everybody up there now. But it is too bad to see it go away. But on the same token, like you say, it's not shocking. And what they had said that they had done is changed their business model. So instead of buying merchandise to sell, they were taking it on consignment. Well, in the day and age of internet and ordering things online, the manufacturers weren't that interested in putting merchandise in a store that hadn't been paid for, for one thing, and keeping it up to date and all that kind of stuff. So it's just like Gretchen, like you said, it's been about the last five years that we've kind of seen it ramping down. But yeah, they are now a thing of the past, joining Circuit City, CompUSA, and other stores like that. Samsung may be designing AR glasses. So another shot of this, although I think Samsung might have a a pretty good shot of doing something that would be interesting here. 
We remember Google Glass, and there's been some other attempts at this, and they've gotten them to work. The problem's been number one price. The Google Glass system was well over $6,000 for a basic one, which priced it out of the market for most people. And some Mm -hmm. of the other designs that have been out there haven't been too great. There's been one that had a cable, so you had to wear a thing on your belt in order to get it to work and that Mm. type of a thing. But I could see this definitely being something to where it could be successful. Microsoft manufactures a product called HoloLens that's been out for a while. I've used them when working on my car, and they're great because you can wear the glasses and it'll bring up the instructions on how to pull something out, put it back in, that type of thing. And there's a lot of other uses than that. So again, augmented reality is different than virtual reality in that you're seeing the environment around you, but it's adding something to it. And we'll see what what Samsung ends up coming up with here. Metallica BlizzCon performance ruined by Twitch. We think (laughs) what happened here... (laughs) Okay, so first of all, what happened here is Metallica was doing a performance and they were streaming it. And in the middle of the performance, they cut out Metallica's music and basically uh, over... Uh, did it with something else that was very much not Metallica. Now, yeah. were, were people watching it on Twitch? What, how yes. were they watching? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, and it was, okay. and they think what happened is that some kind of an automatic system thought that they were streaming music that they weren't supposed to. In other words, Metallica hadn't given permission for their music to be used and oh. then cut into it. But the problem was, is that wasn't the case. It was a performance and it was supposed to be there. So while you're watching, and Metallica is a heavy metal rock band, you're watching them do their thing, and you're hearing something that is very different. It's <laughs> like elevator music. Yeah, it was basically oh, that. So that's about really light, twinkly bells. You're like, uh, so they were worried of get, being hit with uh, what is that group? That, the DMCA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were they were worried about a takedown notice. They had they didn't want their their site to be shut down, so they switched <laughs> it to tubular bells or whatever they were. You know, oh, it's, it's it's a fine line to cross to because, and I totally get and support the idea of artists getting paid. In fact, I, yeah. I'm very adamant about that. And mm-hmm. the thing of it is, is you don't want your work and your material to be pirated in just wherever. But on the flip side, they're trying to lock it down, it looks like, in this case, a little bit too much, and ended up with a situation here that uh, was actually kind of funny. You can view this online if you want to look at it. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We've got a great show for you this week. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Jeremy Gretchen, since I didn't have a chance to welcome you before, welcome to this week's show. Hey! Thanks. <laughs> Gretchen, I understand you have a question. Well, yeah. Um, just not too long ago, I saw pop up on our calendar an event. And I was thinking, oh, I wanted to do that last year. And so then I was just thinking, you know, I miss working on some of these projects. Do you miss going to events? and getting into costume or working on a costume or getting excited about a costume. So it's been so long. What's an event? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you know, the short answer to that for me, of course, is definitely yes. And it's been a very difficult year for a lot of people, you know, from both ends of that, because you have all of us that like going to Comic-Con and going to technology shows and everything else that's out there. And none of that's been. And then you also have the producers that aren't able to make their income and stuff because 
uh, there's no way to hold it. The performers, the artists, and all of those different type of things. And I know you and Jeremy work a lot on the cosplays and stuff and that type of a thing. Have you missed it? Yeah, actually, um, because of it, um, I have two costumes that I still haven't finished because part of me is so bummed out about not being able to go and wear it somewhere. Part of that is the excitement and the enthusiasm of getting the costume together and then being able to wear it and seeing how it looks. You know, did it work out? Did people like it? Do I like it? You know, and um, yeah. Part of it for me for getting stuff done is having the deadlines. And I know that might sound a little bit weird, but it's like a reason to actually finish and not put put Uh it off. I miss, you know, I miss that. And I'm like you with it too. I miss walking around and being able to show stuff off and be able to see different things and all the new stuff and that type of thing. And I, I don't know, Jeremy, how about you? Oh, I definitely miss being able to go out and do stuff. It's just, you know, there's nothing to go and do. And like you said, there's nothing, there's no reason to finish something if you're not going to use it. Yeah. You know, I, I've got a couple of projects I just haven't finished. I mean, I have a Mandalorian costume that I've gone through great efforts to design. I even have, I even wrote a story for the character that I'm dressed as. Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty extensive. <laughs> <laughs> and I still don't have the costume finished just because it's kind of like, Oh, yeah, will I ever get to wear that? I don't know. You know, there's that gloomy mm-hmm. nonsense that floats around in your brain until you're able to bat it away, you know? <laughs> now, I do think on that note that we are going to see some shows middle to back half of this year. And it's going to depend, of course, on how everything goes. But the COVID numbers are coming down. And, uh-huh. uh, you know, we're seeing hopefully some light at the end of the tunnel. It has it has been a difficult year, but one of the ones that you're talking about is the McMinnville UFO Festival. It's one that we've wanted to do. Yeah. And uh, it uh, we didn't get there the first year, and then the last year, of course, it was canceled with everything else for COVID. And right now, they're looking at producing it in September, and I think there's a pretty good chance that one might actually happen, and we'll have to figure out what we're doing for that. The Star Trek convention is also in Las Vegas. Looks like it's going to be a go this fall. And again, all of this is you know based on the idea that it's going to be safe and healthy to do so. If it is, I can't wait to get back to some of these things. Now, the McMinnville one is outside, isn't it? Or is it inside-outside? Now, I have never been to this one, but from what I understand, it's both. So they have some presentations and keynotes and that type of thing that are done indoors. A good portion of the program is done outside. I mean, you walk around downtown. McMinnville, Oregon, if you haven't been there, is beautiful. And it's kind of this old shopping district with really cool restaurants and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully that will all survive COVID. And, yeah. Uh, it, you know, and still there was an there. art store there that I just desperately want to go back into. Yeah. It was so cool. It's the, and it's the only place where I've ever seen an actual mead hall. Um, you, you know, so it just has some really cool yeah. things like that. And it's, <laughs> uh, you know, definitely something. I, I am one that I think from two standpoints, I'm ready to get out of the house again, as most people are. The second part of it is it's going to be very important to support all these things as much as we can, because the thing of it is, is you got to figure the businesses, they've had such a bad year. And Mm -hmm. the reality is, and I'm seeing this all over the place for lease, for the, you know, that type of thing with a lot of different companies. I'm a little surprised our movie theaters made it, but it looks like they have. And, you know, so, and all of this is not stuff we want to have go away. Uh, It it really isn't. And and Comic-Con and all that kind of thing. 
We're going to be doing in a couple of weeks a presentation on the Comic-Con Museum down in San Diego and some of what's going on there. That's continued to be produced. I don't know if they're doing their show yet or not this summer, but I do know I'm looking forward to getting some of these. So one of the other ones that's scheduled, I think it's for December, and we'll get the dates out there when we get a little closer, is the Seattle and World City Comic-Con. And hmm. uh, that yep. one was always a lot of fun. And that one could be done indoors, although it'd be a bit interesting with the rain you get up there that time of year to uh, <laughs> walk around outside in the Wookiee suit. But, you know, I don't know. What, what Wookiee? <laughs> is that a bad thing? Anyway, <laughs> yeah, you know, as a rain-drenched Wookiee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll have to that's have how it. they got those photos in the first place. Yeah, you know, just, Sasquatch. I, I know uh, Peter Mayhew was not that upset about not pl- doing the part when they had the Wookiee in the mud. Uh, oh, no, I think he was greatly <laughs> relieved. He's like, yeah, ha, ha, the young guy had to do it. All right. I didn't have to. <laughs> Although I'll tell you, I would have hated more being the person that had to clean the suit after that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. well, just, uh, do you think they did clean the suit? Yeah. Or you you know, who knows? I mean, with the, with the movies, you might have just had a suit for that particular scene. Yeah. Now, of course, I can't do that. So <laughs> No, because I would kill you. <laughs> yes, because you're the one that gets stuck cleaning it. All right. So on that note. No, I get the one who gets stuck making it. <laughs> you talked about your Mandalorian costume. What else are you doing? I also have like it's almost like a a D and D costume. Yeah. It's an archer. It's an elf archer. And um I was just having fun making this thing and we were all, you know, you guys we'd we'd had wizards. And I know Jeremy was thinking about doing a Minotaur and it was like, and then we were like full blast on it. And then it's just kind of like, oh, yeah. Listeners, are you looking forward to getting out of the house? I mean, I think that's kind of a dumb question, but what's everybody doing? <laughs> and are you going to go back? You know, it's, it's a good question. So we'll have to see how all this works out and we will keep our agenda updated on social media as we know what, shows we're going to be able to do and when it's safe to go back to them. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the section of the show where we attempt to answer your questions. How do you send us your questions? I'm glad you asked. Give us a call, 503-766-6264, or on social media at One User Friendly on Facebook, One User Friendly on Twitter, UserFriendlyShow.com. Any of those places are good to go. What questions do we have today? Is Wi-Fi 6 really faster? So first of all, to kind of start at the beginning of this, your Wi-Fi in your house actually has versions, just like anything else. So when you see Wi-Fi 6, what that number is talking about is a new standard for Wi-Fi. Uh, you've also seen things, Wi-Fi 5, version 5 is called 802.11aac, and it's more likely you've seen the 802.11 number than the version 5, but it both refers to the same thing there. So what's happening here is that we have a lot more devices. So when the older versions of Wi-Fi came out, we had a couple of things that you would have in your house, your laptop, your tablet, maybe your phone. And now we average about 10 devices, or if you're like me, more. And they're saying (laughs) that we should uh, have probably about 50 in the next couple of years. And the problem is, is the older version of Wi-Fi's aren't designed to carry this. So Wi-Fi 6 does a couple of things. It offers more speed, but it isn't primarily about speed. 
Uh, what's really going on here is a situation where the router is able to divvy it up better so that you can have multiple devices, it shares it out, and it's capable and designed to be able to handle a whole bunch of devices instead of just a few, uh, a few being 10 right now. So um, that's what this is. Wi-Fi 6 will be worth the upgrade eventually. I don't think it's time to go out and buy a new network yet, but you're going to start seeing it supported on new devices, and just like the old versions, it'll kind of step up. What are truly wireless headphones? Yeah, this is a question that we've had before, and it keeps popping up, I think, because of marketing and mismarketing. Truly wireless headphones means that you have a set of headphones with no wires at all, including in between the left and the right speakers. So it's able to pick up the signal, power, and send the audio to both sides of the headset without any cables. Needless to say, there's no cable to plug it in either. So you'd have this with some Bluetooth headphones, stuff like that. And it's just a description of a set of headphones that has no wires at all. What are the different types of smart home plugs? Talk to the listener on this to try to completely understand what this question was. Mm -hmm. Because smart home plugs at a 10,000 foot view refers to being able to connect your regular devices through an outlet that will allow it to talk to a smart home system. So you can turn these devices on and off or dim them. And this is the actual listener question is while there are many different brands and many different manufacturers and many different compatibilities, there's two basic types, one that's simply on and off and the other one which includes dimming capability. So yeah. if you have a device that shouldn't have a dimmer, you should have one that's just an on and off version because the dimmer can actually damage motors and other things and devices. The other thing that I found is that dimmers don't seem to work too well with LED bulbs. And even dimmable LED bulbs can have their problems. So it seems better if you're going to do a smart home system, get a smart bulb and instead of trying to dim it through a smart switch. And so I have a question. Hmm. What's Why are the LEDs more difficult than other kind the of bulbs to dim? The original design of dimmers was for incandescent lights. And mm -hmm. because LED bulbs pull a lot less power, what happens is, is there was a oh. little bit of current where an incandescent bulb would be off, but an LED still emits light. And what's happening is it's a much, much thinner tolerance for being able to do the dimmers. So I found, like, I use Philips Hue, and those dimmers work perfectly when they're built into the bulbs. But if I take a regular LED bulb, even a dimmable one, and try to use it with a smart plug, it'll jump around, it'll do different things. I've had them where they flash sometimes. So <laughs> it, it just seems like it's not completely talking and working together. <laughs> All right. Uh, is there a fan that can be controlled by a smart speaker? Um, yeah. So this is uh, another listener question that came in. And um, Dyson makes these. And there's actually a couple of different manufacturers <laughs> where you can ask your smart speaker to turn the fan on and off and set it to a speed. The other interesting footnote on this one, too, is ceiling fans. And surprisingly to me, I didn't find a lot of different options out there. They do make them. And what it is is a device that replaces the remote control receiver in the fan. So you have to have a little bit of electrical knowledge to be able to install them. But mm. they do actually make it. The one thing that I found that was interesting on mine is it didn't have a dimmer. So it had a speed control for the fan, but the light was always on full blast, which may not be what you want like in a bedroom. So what I ended up doing was using the remote side of it to control the fan. And then again, using smart bulbs to actually have dimmable lights. So, you know, I mean, the wall's a whole 10 feet away, so that would have been a big deal to have to go over there and switch it on and off myself. This yeah, is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Have you seen him? He's from the future. He's got a really big con 
Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining us now, Steve Mailer. Well, Bill, thanks again, as always. It's always fun bringing back fun guests that we've had on the show previously. And I was going through some of my records, and I was very, very surprised to see that it's almost been a year since I've had this friend on. He's a voice character actor, voiceover actor, and as well as an on-camera talent. He's just a, he's a wonderful actor. Goes by the name of Jeffrey Bentley, or uh, his online presence is more Jeffrey B. That's me. And he's a multi-talented guy. He's always a lot of fun. Jeffrey B., thank you for coming back to User-Friendly. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. It's great to hear your voice, my friend. Yeah, you too. It's, it's been, you know, it's been a lousy year. <laughs> um, 2020, yeah. 2020 was just not a fun place to be for anybody. It kind of affected us in a similar way, I think, in terms of not being able to do things. You know, not being able to get together with friends, not being able to be uh -huh. on the sets of projects. You know, it really, it kind of turned our world upside down. And what I, was, what I was very happy to see, though, is that you did not let this pandemic stop you from doing a lot of really great things. I mean, I'm looking at your Facebook uh, profile and I'm seeing a lot of interesting things I, I want to talk to you about. The first one that caught my attention was an interesting thing called the product journey. It looks like it was some kind of corporate video. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I'm getting the laughs already. So this, this is definitely going to be interesting, I think. It was something called the product journey, which sounds like it was a corporate video project of some kind. Um, what was that about? Well, actually, I had been with this uh, website called Voicebooking uh, for a while. I'd, I'd probably been, been with it for two years, and then someone actually contacted me through it saying, hey, uh, we like your stuff. Would you would you mind helping us out? Nice. And I said, yeah, yeah, sure. No problem. So what they did was, um, and this has happened to me before, they just send me a picture of their uh, product, but also their character, since they were able to animate like little arms and legs on, uh, you know, the pouch I played and, and the can I played. And uh, they just said, okay, you know, it's uh, it's up to you to create the character. And so I had wow. to reach in the vault and go, okay, you know, so what would be good for this guy? Because uh, one was Peter Pouch, you know, he's the first <laughs> one you hear. Okay. And, and he's the one who's just like, uh, hey, yeah, how you doing? You know, very like hyperactive. And it's like, hey, uh, is this interview going to take long? I got to get back to my workout, you know, type of attitude. And then the next one, they said, oh, yeah, you know, there, there's a can here. And uh, he's sort of a sort of a colonel and, you know, you know, have uh, the inspiration of um, Full Metal Jacket. Okay. Just, think about that type of sergeant getting into your face. And then it's just like, <laughs> let's go, 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 go. And so I, I turned those in and they said, wow, this is great. And, uh, and it was for uh, LAN handling, okay. uh, L-A-N. And not only did I play those two main characters that, I, that had lines, but I played the background characters. So I had to change my voice for when uh <laughs> for when the can, uh, colonel can was talking to his uh you know his his fellow cans his privates and uh so i'm just oh, like I, I was just like sir yes sir oh my sir, god yes sir <laughs> sir yes sir and then they would mix it all together so i played multiple characters for that type of stuff i even played like the pouches to where they had to sound like they were on a roller coaster because they were going through the machine and just oh, like oh that's funny <laughs> that is hilarious. Now, this was for a company here? Um, actually, it was a, a company in the Netherlands. You in know, that's, the Netherlands. that's the beauty. Yeah, oh, that's the okay. beauty of uh, working, not only working from home, but working as a voice actor because your clients are all around the world. You never know who you're going to work with. Everything's global. It's, it's definitely opened the field for you. That, that's definitely for sure. Now, <clears throat> I also saw something that <laughs> indicated you were 
selected as um, through True Talent Agency to do a series of uh, Nissan commercials. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny every time every time I mention a project, you've got this this snickery little laugh, which tells me there's there's probably a story behind everything. <laughs> there's always stories. There's always great stuff. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so far I've I've only done one okay. as far as Nissan goes. But yeah, it was it was an interesting day. I mean, it was so cold. I, I actually did it in Carson City. Okay. Uh, it was so cold that morning, and so we had to like keep rubbing our hands together. And then they actually <laughs> let me be in a warm car, and yeah. uh, you know, it, it was a car I was unfamiliar with. So every time I got in it, the, the seat would readjust. Oh God! Before we started filming, so I had to get used to that. And uh, yeah, but apparently they liked my over the topness because of my theater background. Okay. And uh, yeah, the, <laughs> when I got the script, it was called the five beep beep uh, oil, oil change. change. Yeah. And so I had to say beep beep so they could insert the car horns and everything. So you, you had to make it look like you were cursing, you know. <laughs> and it, what was really fun is that um, my agent, uh, Justine, and, uh, you know, a little shout out to Justine Ray. She gets me so much work and I love her to death. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said that you were the only one who got the humor of this commercial because nobody uh, got the fact that you were supposed to be cursing when you said beep beep. I'm just like, <laughs> are you kidding me? It was, it was much along the lines yes. of uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox when they said, what the cuss, man? Right. You know? <laughs> so I had to, I, and, and then we started to really get into it. Just like, what the beep, man? Oh, get, a, get away, you beep and beep. Don't you beep at me, you beep, you know? But you mentioned um, that the temperature was cold and, you were there mm. for a while. How long did it take you to shoot that to shoot that spot? Uh, usually, uh, things like that take about uh, you know two hours just okay. to set up set up and make sure because we shot everything in their uh, garage. Okay. You know? And because uh, because of COVID, we had to do safety precautions and we made sure we didn't go inside unless you know it was one person at a time type. Oh, thing. okay. So there, yeah. So you're still maintaining the safe distancing, kind of keeping everyone uh, not congregated together if it wasn't necessary. No, I did see that commercial online and I got a kick out of it. So now the last thing I wanted to ask you about was there was a picture of you and there's a Jack's the Jackrabbit hanging out on your couch in the background. Mm -hmm. Now I know you're a cartoonist. So what is that? Is that a project that you're working on? Well, actually um, the inspiration for that was, uh, I have been studying with a marketing coach for a while. Okay. And as, and as far as uh, getting myself out there, um, well, first of all, my marketing coach's name is Corey Disson mm-hmm. and a uh, very nice guy, very energetic. And he treats you like you're an old friend, which okay. is really nice. You know, he doesn't treat you like, uh, you know, I'm a marketing coach and I know everything and you're going to listen to me type thing. He goes, no, let me get to know you. And so we started chatting and, I, and he worked with me for two months solid. And he said, just because you're a voice actor does not mean you only have to post voice acting like stuff. Okay, let people, good. yeah, let people get to know you. And so my inspiration for uh, Jack's the Jackrabbit and uh, more characters will be coming uh, throughout the year. And, you know, I'll keep posting them. But the inspiration for that was my favorite movie is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. And so I figured, why not bring back... 2D characters in the 3D world because I would love to live in that world and so I'm making I'm making sure that I'm living in that world you know people nice. are being introduced to my world from my point of view type stuff 
So Jeffrey, with everything you've already talked about for what you've done for ending 2020, what do you have on the slate for 2021? There's so many things to where I have to say yes to some of them and no to the rest of them. because well, see, I, That's neat. It's neat being yeah. in a place where you have to say no to things. Mm-hmm. Well, um, as always, we talked longer. Uh, the time just kind of flitted by and um, <laughs> we have to say goodbye to you. But I do appreciate you coming on with us again for User Friendly. And I'm sure we'll be talking to you again real soon, Jeffrey B. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, my friend. You bet. Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, guys, take it away. Steve, thank you. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User Friendly 2.0. Steve, thank you so much for that. You know, I love his stuff. He gets some of the best guests, and it's just really cool to to be able to listen and kind of get that perspective on things. And speaking of perspective on things, we talked with Jim last week about VR, and Gretchen and Jeremy, I know you guys have been playing with the Quest 2, and what do you think? uh, We started to talk a little bit about Vader Immortal, but Jeremy, Mm -hmm. you hadn't had a chance to play it yet, so what's your take on this? Okay, it's a it's an interesting first person. It would be a shooter if you had a gun, but you don't. You have a lightsaber. Um, it was cool. I was like, I mean, you, you don't see any part of your body except the gloves, which okay. is it's and the gloves are like super detailed. I was looking at them, like <laughs> staring at them intently instead of listening to Darth Vader yell at me. Um, he yelled at you. Well, yeah. The, there's that. Were you screwing up? No. Oh, okay. Just when he's trying to, you know. Tell you all those things to do. Um, it's a really cool game. It really, really is. When it when it was over, I was kind of like, "Wait, it's over? What do you mean yeah, it's over? I, I want to do some more." I didn't want it to be okay. over either. And the thing is, is it's 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 almost like an experience. Yes, right. It you is. know, uh, it's not necessarily like a game. It's an experience because you have learning moments. You know, where you figure things out and yeah. So, your yeah. droid just keeps yelling at you to do stuff. Hey, no, come over here. No, come do this thing. No, you got to come on over here, Captain. Over here. <laughs> now I'm going to give it a Captain, try myself. Who's Captain, I, I haven't it was, had a it's chance. It's awesome. Oh, I, yep, yep. I, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I'm going to. And you know, along those lines, another game that I know that we all really like is Beat Saber. And I finally uh, got Jim on that uh, after he talked about the quest last week. He had played uh-huh. the game, but we hadn't played the multi version, uh, multiplayer version of it yet. So we got that set up and. It's a lot of fun, and the way that they've done it is really kind of cool. But we both, they have these add-on music packs you can get. And so if you want music that's beyond the original game, they're, I think, $14, and you get another set. And uh, we got the set from Linkin Park. Now, I had seen some of these in the past, and they definitely added on and were all pretty cool. But Linkin Park takes it a step further, and it actually changes the environment you're in. So if you've played Beat Saber, you're kind of going down a stream yeah, swinging with the sabers at the different notes or boxes that represent the notes as they come up. And what Lincoln Park did is they redid theirs so that you're actually in a subway tunnel. And oh. uh, so it's kind of cool. So you're moving through the subway tunnel as you're playing the game. And it was just a nice little bit of difference. Very That's similar cool. idea. If you know how to play it, it still works the same way. But it was just kind of a different environment. Yeah, I was thinking about they might um, the 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 dragons group. Imagine uh, dragons. Imagine yeah. dragons. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to I'll check out two groups together. See if they have that. Yeah, that would now that would be different. Yeah. Um, 
They might be dragons. I've just combined a new group. Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. We'll have to see how that goes. And you can let us know on that one. But as far as the rest of this goes, this is User-Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0, copyright 2014 to 2021, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by wearetechnology.com. Podcasts available at userfriendlynation.com, theanswerportland.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.